You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. In 1991, the first ever G1 Climax was born. Replacing the former World Leagues and IWGP League tournaments, this new tournament took the top heavyweights New Japan Pro Wrestling had to offer to see who truly was the best in the promotion. But not everyone got the opportunity to compete in the G1 Climax. After all, the G1 Climax was for the best of the best, and to be invited in was an honor in of itself. Some wrestlers never appeared, while some competed year in and year out. Today, however, we will be discussing the men that got the call only one time. This is G1 and Only. Welcome to G1 and Only. My name is Ryan Knightsey. On today's episode, we will be discussing a man historic to New Japan pro wrestling lore. Before his arrival to the 1991 G1 Climax, He was already a three-time IWGP heavyweight champion, defeating the likes of Riki Choshu and Tatsumi Fujinami. He was a monster in Japan, striking fear into the fans just by walking down the aisle. Infamously, in 1987, he crushed the hearts of those Japanese citizens by defeating their idol, Antonio Inoki, in 2 minutes and 49 seconds, ending his multiple-year winning streak. This result caused fans to reportedly set their cushions on fire and fling them into the ring, banning New Japan from Sumo Hall for two years. He was large. He was agile. And every match of his was truly eye-popping. Today, we will be discussing the one and only G1 Climax appearance of Big Van Vader. Because the 1991 G1 Climax was brand new, New Japan went out swinging with a small eight-man round-robin tournament featuring the heaviest of hitters for the promotion in the likes of Keji Muto, Masahiro Chono, and Shinya Hashimoto. 
I believe I just named the Three Musketeers, but that's, another, that's a story for another day. This tournament put the eight men into two blocks of four. Big Van Vader was put into block A, along with fellow American Scott Norton, a man he once defeated for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship in Tetsumi Fujinami, and a man who is about to arrive to Japan with a new mass gimmick from the States, Keji Muto. The winner of each block would then face each other at the finals and become the very first winner of this new summer tradition. In Nagoya, on August 7, 1991, Big Van Vader entered his first G1 Climax and main event match to face current IWGP heavyweight champion Tetsumi Fujinami. Big Van Vader entered with a mixture of excitement and fear from the fans. Even though fans were cheering for the man, when Vader threatened to attack them, those fans jumped back in fear. To my young eyes immediately, I got the same feeling I have currently when I'm watching Minoru Suzuki matches. I think his talent is amazing, and when I see him, I get excited to see him and sing along to his entrance, but I also understand that he can easily choke me out, and he scares me to my bones, truly. Vader walks up directly to Fujinami once he enters the ring, arms outstretched, ready for the fight. Fujinami won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship five months earlier from Vader, and this was their first singles match since. Their record up to this point was 5-3 with Fujinami ahead. Vader obviously had something to prove here. Following their announcements, Vader just stood in the middle of the ring, ready. And then Vader strikes Fujinami straight in the jaw, and the match begins. Three arm drags, a drop kick, and a lariat cause Vader to leave the ring and head into the crowd to catch his breath. Not trying to lose that aura, Vader chucks a chair into the ring. Once back in the ring, Vader, trying to stay intimidating, removes his mask. The two men lock up. Fujinami pushes Vader into the corner to a clean break. A test of strength later, Vader cheap shots Fujinami, then hits him with a lariat. Vader then taunts to the crowd, Irish whip, Fujinami ducks the lariat. Vader then grabs Fujinami, lifts him above his shoulders, and then slams him right back down to the mat. Vader dishes out three clubbing blows, then lifts Fujinami into two rib breakers. Irish whips and a splash from Vader causes Fujinami to leave the ring out ice cold. Fujinami makes his way slowly into the ring, but Vader stops him, and the brawl then goes outside, with Vader choking Fujinami on the guardrail. Vader now chucks a table and enters the ring, looking for a countout on Fujinami. When Fujinami enters the ring, Vader hits him and moves him into the corner, hitting Fujinami with elbows to the head. An Irish whip into the opposite corner, and Vader hits his running splash. Vader whistles to the crowd for a taunt, asking for their, for their jeers, their praise, whatever. Whatever he's getting, he wants to feed off of it. Another Irish whip into the cables, and Vader hits another splash, causing Fujinami to leave the ring once again. 
Vader meets him outside and slams Fujinami into the ring post, a tactic he uses a lot in this G1 climax. The current IWGP champion is looking fairly worse for wear. Fujinami makes it back to the ring and Vader suplexes Fujinami and attempts a pin. After the pin, Vader puts Fujinami into a seated abdominal stretch and then just close fist punches Fujinami straight on the nose. You can even see it in the clip. Vader yells his name and puts Fujinami into a dragon sleeper, a move Tatsumi Fujinami himself innovated. After a minute, Vader releases the hold, now choosing to put Fujinami into a in sort of a sharpshooter variation. Vader then breaks the hold by just simply punching Fujinami in the face. Again, a theme for this match. Fujinami finally makes some headway by striking Vader several times, ending with a dropkick. He then puts Vader into an armbar, which Vader then strikes his way out. Now back in the offensive, Vader slams Fujinami again and pins him for a close three. Another Irish whip into the corner, but Fujinami dodges the splash and slams Vader himself. He then leaps onto the top rope for a diving crossbody, but Vader catches Fujinami and slams him down, bounces off the ropes, and hits a running splash on the down Fujinami, pinning him for an even closer three count. A pink streamer flies across both of their faces. The two men stand up staggered. Fujinami stunned by the beating. Vader stunned by Fujinami's heart, maybe. Vader goes for a lariat and a close three count. Vader has to be thinking to himself in this moment, what more can I do as he is lowering the straps of a singlet? He then runs in for another lariat, but Fujinami counters into a backslide. One, two, three, Tetsuma Fujinami wins his first match. Following the match, Vader collects himself in the corner, looking towards the gods above, asking, you know, why? why? Why could I not put away the man that took away my IWGP heavyweight championship? He realizes his answer. He gets it. He walks over to Fujinami, helps him up, and raises his opponent's hand, shakes it, and bows. Vader walks away, shaking his head at the loss, but now knows that Fujinami is a worthy opponent. Great respect is shared. Fujinami is now 6-3 against Vader, and the two never face each other again in singles action. Instead, at the Super Grade Tag League tournament, following the G1 Climax, decide to team up together for that tournament. You know, this loss isn't good for Vader's G1 chances, but it's not over. Fujinami and Scott Norton both earned two points in their first matches. A loss here doesn't spell disaster in this small block tournament. As long as he can win his next match, the G1 could be his. August 9th, 1991, Big Van Vader competed in his second G1 main event match against fellow American Scott Norton. Both Vader and Scott Norton have a win over each other previous to the G1 Climax, with an added asterisk over Scott Norton's win, which was of course won by Countout. 
On this night, Scott Norton has one win in the Block A. Vader not only wants to win this trilogy with Scott, but get a win in the G1 and avoid mathematical elimination, like Ricky Choshu earlier that night. Tonight, we will see how he will accomplish that. But as soon as I hit play on the video I was about to watch, uh, the video was hit with a copyright strike. I'm going to admit here, uh, this is a thing I suspect will happen a lot for these early G1s. You know, I'll, I'll try to cover the match as best as possible. But of course, you know, this is the struggle. I mean, to be honest, 1991 G1 Climax is not on NJPW World. Uh, only the final, which is a great final between Chono, Chono and uh, someone else, I guess. Uh, I don't want to spoil things. Uh, so finding the matches, of course, will be difficult for a while. Uh, I imagine sort of like this is what tape trading was sort of like. You know, I found I have bits and pieces, but I'm really just trying to find one specific match. So I found two videos of this match, one that is six minutes uh, long and one that only appears to be the last four minutes of the match which uh, after I watched the match, honestly, was hit with another age-restricted strike. So either way, I'm going to try my best to review this moment for you. We entered this match a couple minutes in. Scott Norton is in control of the match, slamming Vader down and following up with a running elbow. He goes for another move, but Vader counters with a back body drop. Vader hits Norton with a running lariat, but Norton goes down on... Vader hits Norton with a running lariat, but Norton refuses to go down until the second lariat. After a failed pin attempt, Vader picks up Norton and hits a couple body shots, and then a running sunset pin. Vader then runs off the ropes for an actual slam, and Norton kicks out. Vader, wanting to put Scott away here, obviously, picks up Norton and hits him with a close short-arm lariat. Vader walks to the apron and tries to suplex Norton out of the ring. Norton, of course, outpowers him and suplexes Vader back into that ring. Both men get up. Scott hits a running lariat, and Vader kicks out of a pin attempt. Norton then hits Vader with a neckbreaker and taunts to the crowd. Scott Norton here is someone that doesn't outpower Vader, but in fact matches the power levels of Big Van Vader. This is an even match, but he's feeling confident, so he picks up Vader and DDTs him. He goes for a second DDT, and hits it. Vader then kicks out. Norton calmly and confidently gets up, lowers the straps of his singlet, and picks up Vader and clumsily slams him down for another failed pin attempt. Norton revs up his arm and goes for a lariat on Vader, but Variant drops the ropes and Scott falls out. The two brawl outside. The ref is at a count of 10 at this point. Norton goes for a running shoulder block to Vader into the ring post, but Vader gets out of the way, nailing Norton's arm directly into that metal post. The ref is at a count of 13. Vader then stiff lariats Norton four times until Norton falls out into the seats of the crowd. The ref is at a count of 19. Vader slips back to the ring, and the ref counts to 20. Vader wins the match. Following the match, Vader celebrates wildly in the ring. He won the match, but barely with a count at. It almost feels like Vader, Big Van Vader, the guy that defeated Antonio Noki, just escaped Scott Norton. He had to escape, but he was successful, nonetheless, earning his first two points in the G1 Climax. 
of the match I witnessed and I got a chance to see, this was a fairly hot main event for the crowd and a fairly even matchup between the two. Neither man had complete control of the match, and even when they did, it was only for like a minute or so. This match is also the first countout victory in the G1 Climax Tournament ever. So, you know, you can use that for your New Japan Pro Wrestling bar trivia later. Big Van Vader and Scott Norton face only one more time in singles action after this encounter. It was one month later and Scott Norton won it, bringing their overall record against each other to 2-2. Two to two. Ironically, this G1 Climax match was also Big Van Vader's count-out redemption after Norton defeated him by count-out in May of the same year. With his first official win in the G1 Climax and the two points to match, all four wrestlers in Block A are tied with two points each. With one match left in Vader's G1 Climax, he, like all the rest of his Block A participants, can win the block and possibly win the whole thing. All he has to do is have one more match. On August 10th, 1991, the last night of the G1 Climax Block A matches, Big Van Vader entered his third main event match against a man he has tied with in the block, Keji Muto. The stakes for Vader have never been higher. Tatsumi Fujinami and Scott Norton faced each other two matches prior and they drew in a double countout, meaning they each earned one point. This means that Vader and Muto entered this main event match both with two points, which means to win the block, Vader just needs to win this match. Vader has defeated Muto before in only one other singles contest. Now, this is their second singles match ever. Their final block A match. It's all down to this. When Vader enters the ring, he walks up directly to Keji Muto. This interaction isn't like when he faced Tatsumi Fujinami. Here, Muto meets him directly in the center of the ring, face to face, nose to nose, the calm before the storm. Before the announcer can start saying each other's name, Vader shoves Muto out of the way, signaling his dominance. But when the announcements come, the fans show that Muto is their favorite to win. Once the streamers cleared and the chants died down, the match begins. The two wrestlers lock up. Vader shoves Muto off. They lock up again with both men dropping to a knee this time. Vader headbutts Muto off. They lock up a third time and Vader pushes Muto into the corner where he gives Muto several shots into the corner, not a clean break. When Keji Muto falls down, he rolls out of the ring to collect himself and Vader allows, of course, Muto back into the ring. He is a man of respect, I guess. They go for a fourth lockup, but Muto quickly strikes Vader, sending him to the outside. Muto climbs the corner turnbuckle, taunting Vader. Was he about to jump, or was he just showing Vader who actually owned this ring? Vader then enters the ring and looks for a test of strength, and Muto meets him. 
Vader slaps Muto across the face, picks him up, and lariats him. Vader picks up Muto again and body slams him for a two count. Vader continues the offense on Muto with some blows and attempts another lariat. Muto dodges, gives Vader some shoulder blocks and drop kicks until Vader leaves the ring. Not really off his feet, but just sort of out of the ring, he's stunned again by Muto's speed. Vader re-enters the ring and gives Muto a short arm lariat. He then gives Muto a kneeling abdominal stretch similar to the one he gave Fujinami, with then ending with some blows to the head and a failed pin attempt. Vader then lariats Muto again out of the ring, but this time Vader joins Muto outside. Vader beats down Muto and throws Muto back into the ring quickly in a weird way to avoid the countout, which got him a victory and two points earlier in this climax. Vader then taunts to the crowd, and because of this taunt, he misses Muto's diving crossbody, knocking him to the floor. Muto then throws Vader into the guardrail and then a quick hip attack. Both men are able to re-enter the ring before the 20 count, and Muto then snap mares and elbow drops Vader for only a one. Muto applies another hold to Vader's head, but Vader is able to escape with some more shots. Vader gives Muto another lariat and gets a closer pin attempt, but still no avail. The crowd cheers on Muto, but Vader ignores them and puts Muto into a dragon sleeper, which Muto quickly escapes. Vader tries for a suplex, but Muto escapes and gains control of the match once again. Vader tries to come back, but Muto is too quick for him. He goes for a springboard dropkick, and it doesn't work, though. He quickly runs for the Muto assault, but that doesn't work either. The crowd is red hot at this point. They are hoping, praying, that their man, Keiji Muto, can win this bout. Muto appreciates this, feels the crowd. It ramps him up. It, 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 it gets him energized for what's next. He throws Vader into the corner and goes for his running handspring back elbow, but Vader counters into a release belly-to-back slam. Muto is out, but Vader isn't done yet. He needs this win. Vader goes for another Larry, but Muto reverses into a sunset pin. But Vader counters that by dropping himself down. Vader runs off the ropes into a running splash for a 2.5 count. The crowd gasps at Muto's kickout. Vader is not happy here. The crowd chants for Keji Muto. Vader flings a staggered Muto into the corner and gives him a running splash and then a jackknife and pin combo. This doesn't work. What does Vader have to do? He clobbers Muto in the head three times with a closed fist directly in front of the referee. Vader throws Muto into the ropes, but Muto counters the initial lariat, but not the close second that Vader reverses into. He then picks up Muto and throws him into the ropes again. This time, Muto counters into a backslide, the same move that Fujinami beat Vader with earlier in the G1 Climax. But this does not work for Keji Muto. Vader gets to his feet before Muto. Muto was playing possum because he puts Vader very quickly into a small package, which again does not work. Still in control, Vader throws Muto into the corner for a running splash. He staggers, and Muto takes the opportunity to climb the top rope for a crossbody. Vader catches Muto, but Muto reverses it into another small package.
Naruto wins Block A of the first error G1 Climax. Vader is stunned. But so is the crowd. And what is an amazing turn of events, and what I would describe it in inverse emotion from four years ago, the crowd flings their seat cushions into the ring once again, not out of anger or frustration, but pure happiness and joy for their next star, Kejimuto. You can hear the cameraman filming this, laughing joyously behind the camera. Now defeated, Vader, respectfully as always, raises Muto's hand just like he did with Tetsumi Fujinami and quickly leaves. Wrestling journalist Dave Meltzer awards this match five stars. Conclusion. Big Van Vader's run can be summed up to me by one word. Elevation. Down in the southern United States, World Championship Wrestling was starting to gain some traction, a promotion Vader was now calling home. Not only was Vader now spending more time away from WCW, but his reaction in New Japan Pro Wrestling, in my opinion, changed from the big bad monster he debuted as four years ago. He was now cheered by the fans. Additionally, new stars were on the horizon. Those three musketeers I referenced earlier. You can even say that that horizon started at the 1991 G1 Climax Final between Keji Muto and Block B winner Masahiro Chono. Vader excelled in his task of elevation. He was pinned by both Fujinami, a man who was already a legend at this point, and Muto, a guy that was quickly on the rise in both the United States and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Two amazing matches that, in my opinion, put over Japan's own home country talent. Additionally, Vader's only win came from a countout victory against Flash Scott Norton. Not only does this make Scott Norton you know, semi-good-looking by not being pinned, but it helps reestablish Vader's powerhouse bruiser nature right before his big match against Keji Muto. Big Van Vader also ended his only G1 Climax last in the block here. Vader was obviously never called back for another G1 Climax. During the second 1992 G1 Climax, Vader was busy battling Ron Simmons for the lost WCW World Heavyweight title. In 1993, Vader reclaimed the WCW World Heavyweight title and accepted a challenge from Luthez and Nobuhiko Takada to shoot fight in the Union of Wrestling Forces International, or UWFI. Vader did not return to New Japan until 1996 for a match against Antonio Inoki. The 1991 G1 Climax felt like the twilight years for Big Van Vader in New Japan. He was still that sort of badass monster who can still work that you can just heat up and put against your next top babyface to overcome. And instead of overstaying his welcome here, he did what any professional pro wrestler does and put over the new talent. He's not there hogging up the spotlight. He is there to put over the next wave of talent. Besides, Vader main evented every single G1 Climax show. If that doesn't put faith into the professional Big Van Vader, I don't know what will. Also, his theme music was epic. In 
two weeks, we will be discussing not one, not two, not three, four, five, six, seven, but eight only time G1 appearances. That's 50% of the participants in the 1992 G1 Climax. This G1 Climax was certainly different to what you and I both know as today or even the 1991 Round Robin Tournament. It was a single elimination 16-man tournament for a title. All that and more will be discussed next week on G1 and only. Hey, thanks for listening to the first episode of G1 and Only. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe, of course, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts can be found. But there are two very important things you can do to help. First, head on over to iTunes and give the show a five-star review. The early reviews of a new podcast are super important and would help climb this show up the charts. Second, tweet about the show. If you're listening to this, I assume that you're already a nerdy wrestling fan like me, so if you can tweet your enjoyment and tell everyone else what you thought about the show with the hashtag G1AO, standing for, of course, G1 and only, hashtag G1AO, I'll read the best iTunes and Twitter reviews next time on the show. Have a good one, everybody. Talk to you soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.